join us as we take a look behind the scenes with the independent musicians of Louisiana. Learn about upcoming projects before they drop. Experience the rich heritage of iconic venues and get first-hand accounts of exclusive events. Musicians are remarkable people. Get to know them, their struggles, and the inspiration for their art. NewOrleansMusicians.com is dedicated to uplifting the artists and providing them with the tools necessary to elevate their craft. We shine a spotlight on them, as well as highlight the music scene and educate everyone with our interviews, album reviews, and music scene news. This is NewOrleansMusicians.com. Uli, you were born in Norway, correct? Yeah. yeah what was life like uh, as a child growing up in Norway? Oh, I mean, it's Norway is a very like active kind of like you know outdoor you know nature country. You know, I was in the winter time was up skiing every night after school. I was up in the hill skiing and stuff like that. So nice. It was great. Yeah, and then I kind of got into playing you know in, in marching bands and stuff like that there so that was like my summer yeah uh, you know the rest of the year I did that kind of. they were they were practicing during the summertime but this it was, was it for was, school it, it was a uh, it's a little bit different like marching bands and such they're a little different they are sort of affiliated with the schools but it isn't like here where you actually kind of go to a class during school time it's a, a okay. extracurricular kind of like it's after school gotcha so but they, they are their own entity yeah they are yeah okay yeah. And y'all would practice during the summertime? Well, during the, the whole year, really, pretty the much. Whole year. Yeah, yeah. Where would y'all perform? So we were just, you know, have the whole concerts in the big concert halls or in the park, you know, and such, you know, around. Community functions? Yeah. Okay. Things like that. Yeah, or, or marching. We marched for like May 17th, which is the Norwegian Constitution Day. Okay. We would march for that and, and, you know, play for that big parades and stuff like that. I got you. And what instrument were you playing then? Saxophone. Still saxophone, okay. Yeah. So this has been a lifelong thing. Yeah, since I was about nine or ten maybe. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, some of the material that y'all would play, was it was it uh, traditional standard? It was, it was yeah, sort of almost like classical things. Sometimes we had some things a little more fun, like, you know, I don't know like some rock tunes maybe that were you know, arranged for a full orchestra or and then marching band marching band music too sure yeah. i find it interesting though that it was uh extracurricular because um people that were there wanted to be there yeah is it a better quality of sound in the end because of that do you think uh, I, I kind of think it it, it, it is pretty good you know like i, I think they that those bands even, even they're they're kids i mean they're you know, they were from, you know, 10 up to, you know, 14, 15 maybe, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, they, they were pretty good, you know, they, they entered competitions and did well, and then, you know, I would go on after that, you know, you go on to like the uh, adult community orchestras sure. know, afterwards, and then I did that for, you know, until I was, you know, 20 maybe, so. That's nice. It, is that commonplace with a lot of the kids that are in that program? A lot of them go on to, to the, the adult orchestras afterwards. Yeah. And um, in Norway, I'm sorry, what was the, what was the location, the specific town? So I'm, I'm from Lillehammer. Lillehammer, okay. Yeah, which is the place of the Winter Olympics in 1994. It's like for most, well, you know, most known for is, you know, having, hosting that in 94. Mm-hmm. Also, a really cool TV series on Netflix called Lily Hammer. If you want to check that that's out, that's right. That's why I rang a bell. That's funny. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, Stephen uh, Stephen Van Zandt. Yeah, yeah a guy from uh, <laughs> from The Sopranos. Yeah, <clears throat> that's funny. I didn't, I didn't great, connect great the two until right now. That's funny. Great show. Yeah. So, um, around your household as a child, uh, what kind of music were you hearing? Let's let's say from your parents you know, uh, before you were making your own decisions and. Things um, like that. My, my parents were big Elvis fans. Yeah? Yeah, still are to this day. You know, still they, are. My, my dad is still a big Elvis fan. You know, like when I bought my first album, I probably wanted to pick something else, but my mom kind of like, no, why don't you just get this one? And she like picked up like Elvis' golden, golden hits or something like that. It's like, okay, mom, I'll get that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was my first album, but yeah. You know, Elvis. And they also, they also played... Uh, too, they had like a sort of like a Hammond style organ at home. Okay. So they would take classes for that. I took some classes for that too. Both your parents were playing? Yeah, a little bit. Cool. Yeah, they didn't, you know, not very, it's more just like for home. Sure. Music. Yeah, they didn't play. Passing time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you dabble at all in the I, keys? I took, I took some classes during that time too. Uh, there was like a kids program and I did take classes, you know, with that too. Yeah, you know, I never. I still can play a little bit, but uh, I'm not. You know, and I'm not, uh, uh, was the organ in the home before you, you picked up the sax for the band? It may have been around the same time. Um, maybe probably around the same time. I think maybe slightly before, because I remember one of the songs that I remember hearing them play was when the Saints Go Marching In. Mm-hmm. And it was also one of the first songs that I learned to play on the saxophone. Wow. Okay. So it's like, you know, I always say this one foreshadowing that I should be you here. You were destined to be here. That's <laughs> destined right. Destined to be here. So I remember, you know, I was like a beginning you know, saxophone player in the school band. And like all the, like the, the new students had to like perform a couple of songs sure. on stage for the big concert that the orchestra had. And, uh, I was the only saxophone player that year, so I was alone on stage, and I played "When the Saints Go Marching In" and um, "Frere Shaka," something like that. You know? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Was the choice of sax over organ was that um, a choice? I, I guess out of convenience because it was portable, or it's just something you gravitated towards. No, personally? it was probably more. You know, my friends were also in the in the marching band. In the, band, in the orchestra, so it's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that too. Yeah. And then they gave me a, a valve trombone. It's the first instrument. Okay. Which is a, a trombone without the slide, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, um, <coughs> that didn't last a long day. They, I guess, they realized they had enough trombone, so they put me on saxophone instead, which I'm very glad that they did. You know, wow. Was, okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No. Uh, um, no, it wasn't really any like drive to play the saxophone. Mm -hmm. It was just like that was the instrument that was handed. And yeah, you were steered in that direction, but it resonated with you because you stuck with it all yeah, the time. Yeah, I stuck right? with it, yeah, um, I did. So I uh, ended up playing in, you know, in you know, the adult orchestras and then um, a couple of the orchestras in town and and then some big bands too, which was fun to do, you know, a little more. That was a little more fun. It was a little more jazzy stuff, you know, so that was, that was fun to do. Yeah, that's cool. When did you emigrate to the United States? So we moved here in, I guess I was about 94. Uh -huh. um, my daughter was a year old and um, 94, 95, I guess. And um, my wife is from here. She's born and raised in New Orleans. Oh, okay. And uh, we met in, in art school in Norway. 
So okay. I studied fine art, that's what I was studying at the time. I didn't study music, but I studied fine art. And she was a student and we got together and we got married in Norway, had our first child in Norway. And then, you know, you, you can't keep a New Orleanian away from New Orleans for too long. Right. They, they're going to get home gotta at some get, point. Got to get back right. home. So, so we moved back in 94 and been here ever since. How long was she supposed to be out there originally? I'm not really sure. Um, she ended up staying there for about six years in Norway, I think. Mm -hmm. Five or six years. Yeah. You must have a winning personality. You kept her away from well, home this long. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we... we she had uh, met Norwegian and she went to, to visit him and then uh, they were together for a while and then she started school and that relationship ended and then, you know, we, yeah. a little bit later on we got together. Yeah. And uh, so she did she kind of talk you into coming here? You had been curious about it um, previously or...? Yeah, I guess so. I hadn't thought I would ever you know, leave Norway really, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, so... Because at that point you were still in the town that you were born in. At that point, I was in Oslo, which is oh, okay. about a couple hours south of Lillehammer. Okay, because of the because of the art school. Because of the school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so she talked you into coming here, and yeah. that you said was ninety four. Ninety four. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, then life was just you know just trying to make a living and and uh, and working and such. So I was really playing too much at that point. I was just you know we had small kids and sure. Uh, so it was just a matter of survival and then you know making a living at that point yeah and then um, I think it was it's really kind of like I, I kind of stopped playing music for a while and then uh, after Katrina it was just really one kind of like one I was like you know I'm, I'm living in New Orleans I should be playing some music yeah you know so so um, I had my saxophone but I hadn't really been playing it too much and uh, I joined a little band and um, you know, I thought this is you know this will be fun. This will be you know a, a way back in to playing some music, and uh, you know, the rest is history kind of thing. And yeah, just took off from there, and sure, and um, you know, it's just found us a passion again. You know, so that's beautiful, man. Yeah. And um, I guess from so you went from not at all playing, not at all, to kind of dipping your feet back in the water, and then yeah, full swing. Yeah, um, I played with them for a few years, uh, left that band and joined um, uh, Noise Water, which is the band I was playing with for the longest time here. It's a funk band and we were playing a, a good bit and since then I've kind of, you know, spread out a little bit more to some other bands as well. But uh, mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, no, it, uh, it was a good way to get back into to playing again too. Like, be around some other musicians and play some music, and also a little bit different from what I did play in Norway. You know, what I played in Norway was more, you know, sheet music and and sure. uh, and uh, uh, orchestra music. You know, this was more rock, right? You know, so it was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah. Um, so, what, what kind of a span of time are we talking about where you put down the sax? Uh, well, it was from about '94 till Katrina. Okay. So. And um, so that was a long time to basically one. cleanse your palate of, of yeah. any musicality, really. So when you picked it back up here and um, kind of applied it in a new way, mm -hmm. uh, how, how did the, the influences, local influences, impact your, your music style? I mean, you basically were finding one at that point. Yeah, and, and 
that was a whole different thing for me too, because you know there was no written parts for me or anything. That's so kind of you had to make them up myself and or improvise, which I really enjoyed. And uh, so yeah, it was a very different, different uh, experience. But it really kind of I, I really kind of liked that that freedom of of you know that I don't have to play exactly what is written in front of me, kind of you know, just sure. being able to improvise and and. Um, you know, um, just, you know, be expressive, you know. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure that feels good. It yeah. feels good. It's like a breath of fresh air, you know. Yeah. Um, currently, are you currently playing with the, the Lily Lewis project? So I'm currently uh, still, you know, technically Noise Water is still uh, a band. We are Noise Water, playing, right. playing too much uh, at the moment. And I'm playing with Lily Lewis project and a band uh, from Hammond called uh, Will Vance and the Kinfolk. Will Vance and the Kinfolk, kinfolk. okay. Yeah. Um, so I had seen Lily Lewis Project, some footage, and I saw also some noise water footage. Yeah. And I wanted to talk with you about those. Um, Lily Lewis Project is kind of a R&B jazz style band. Um, how did you come to play with them? And, you know, how would you, how would you, I guess, gauge your experience with them, you know? So, um, uh, some years ago, I was trying to book a gig at a place in Lake Charles called Dharma. Dharma. And um, the, the person who was booking it, uh, uh, my friend Alyssa, um, suggested, hey, do you know this band, The Shiz, from, from New Orleans? I think you all would really get, to get along well with them. And that was, that was Lily, Lily's previous band, okay. uh, The Shiz. And so we were trying to maybe book something together. And you know, I contacted them, I checked them out, and I was really impressed with what they were doing. Uh, two great singer-songwriters, great singers, and um, we ended up doing some shows together around town, just became friends, and then at some point uh, Lily was kind of starting her own project, um, and she asked if I would be interested in coming playing some saxophone with her, and uh, I was like, eh, yeah, <laughs> and I'd or, I had already kind of like sat down with all their music and like, I just play, play along to it, so I kind of knew some of their stuff uh, already too, because okay. I, I really... Uh, was, you know, respected what they were doing. It was sure, really great, really great songwriting. You know, Lily is a fantastic singer. She's a, you know, a classically trained singer. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, a great band, and, and that whole band too is, you know, just ace musicians. So I like, I like, how the hell did I end up playing with these people? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that kind of yeah. causes you to step up to the plate, so yeah. to speak, and and yeah. uh, it, you know, yeah. I guess sharpen your chops a bit. Um, yeah. What was I gonna say? You said earlier that you were you were playing around town with her. Were you booking gigs at the same places that she was booking gigs? You, you were as a solo artist playing. No, that was with, with Noise Water, Noise Water and the, and the shifts together. Okay, yeah. I so we you. played in like in in um, Homo and in the city and different places around town. We would book you know, gigs together. Mm -hmm. And her, her previous band was the Shins. The, is that the the Shiz? The Shiz. The Shiz. Okay, yeah. the Shiz. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so, no, no, Noise Water um, mm. is a NOLA funk band um, with kind of elements of rock mixed in. Um, I heard some of their songs. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. And um, I wanted to know, I guess, what your journey has been like with them. How did it begin? So that was uh, after I left this little, you know, folk singer-songwriter band and kind of like joined to kind of get back into playing. I right. left them. 
Uh, I was really busy at the time. I was a, a photographer as well as working as so a wedding photographer and busy on the weekend a lot, making a lot. So I didn't have a lot of time to, or I think the band leader kind of was worried that I wasn't going to be able to play shows. So I ended up uh, deciding to, to leave that band at that time. And then, you know, maybe a year or so later, it's like, you know what, I really miss playing some music. So I just started searching on, on Craigslist, as you do when you're trying to find a band, band mates or bands, <laughs> right. <laughs> back then at least. And uh, um, came across this this post and I, I contacted them and, you know, I went and played with them. And they were a very new band at the time. We had a couple of songs that they had written. So we started, um, you know, rehearsing turned out they you were kind of from the same areas I'm living in I'm out in St. Rose uh, outside okay. New Orleans but uh, they were from the same area uh, just by coincidence really and um, yeah we, we, we did really well we we, we were kind of um, uh, staples at, at Tipitinas for a while we played Tipitinas like two or three times a year mm -hmm. um, yeah, we put out the album we were on on TV and radio and such. So yeah, we did we did really well, um, and uh, it was it was a fun 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 band. It's really kind of like you know, I kind of call it party time funk kind of you know. Sure. It's, it's it's just fun. It's not particularly deep, but it kind of goes over okay in in bar scenes and and things like that too. Oh yeah, definitely. How how long were you with um, the the Lillian? I'm sorry, I lost my place. The Lily Lewis Project. How long were you with that band before? Noisewater. And Noisewater was first. Oh, okay. Noisewater was first. Noisewater was first, yeah. So, um, it's, I don't know how many years, couple, a couple of years, maybe two or three years before I started, you know, like we started playing shows with Lily. And then, um, I don't know how many, it's been, how many years it's been with Lily now, maybe five, six years maybe with Lily. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's my mistake because you said you were playing gigs with Noisewater yeah. and uh, they would be there as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this this uh, the band that you were with before Noisewater uh, wasn't really like a professional gigging band. We, we did play shows around town. You um, did, yeah. Um, okay. It uh, we did play you know a few shows around town. Yeah, I was just curious we if, did, it, if we it helped. The EP, yeah, we put an EP. At some okay. Point, yeah. I was wondering to what degree because um, I mean that was your first experience at, after a lull for so many years, yeah. you know, and then directly on to were, Noisewater, who's, uh, you know, a gig and band. Yeah, um, yeah, we did play shows, we did put up an EP, um, and um, it, um, I kind of think I created something a little bit different than what they were doing. Uh -huh. They were sort of, you know, I mean, I guess it was sort of like a, a Dave Matthews-ish kind of band, but, you know, um, it, you know, with my schedule at the time, I kind of like had to bow out. Um, yeah. you know, I was with them for many years, really, but um, it, uh, I ended up bowing out of that and then, but, you know. It, yeah, it, it but it, it was still in all a thorough reintroduction to it's, your instrument and kind of prepared you for your next steps, really. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a great way to get back into playing again. Yeah, that's um, cool. It wasn't super high pressure. Uh, they were, you know, kind of younger guys. Um, and... Um, yeah, it um, was a great way to get back into playing music again. That's good. Uh, do any of those bands share members that you're in right now? Other members? So, um, my keyboard player for, from Noisewater is also in Will Vance and Kinfolk. 
Okay. And what's there. his name? This is Chad Carlisle. Chad Carlisle. Yeah. Okay. And he's yeah. in that third band. And, and anybody else shared between the two? Not at the moment. No. Um, no. Uh, a bass player from Noisewater at some point was also part of Little Lewis Project. Yeah, Will Laird. And uh, right, yeah, I he, saw that. He was, Will Laird. He, yeah, he was part of Noise, uh, Little Lewis Project for a little bit too. Gotcha. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, everybody. Normally in the middle of podcasts, you hear a bunch of advertisements. But on the NewOrleansMusicians.com podcast, we like to shout out some of our members. We've got a special one for you today. Hailing from Homa, Louisiana, a well-known blues and soul artist by the name of Tab Benoit. He was inspired at an early age by artists like Tabby Thomas, Raful Neal, and Henry Gray. He tours extensively all over the United States and Europe at festivals and shows and has 16 albums recorded. He's a Louisiana Music Hall of Famer with many awards to his credit, not only for his music, but also for his conservation efforts in an organization he founded by the name of Voice of the Wetlands. This organization promotes awareness of Louisiana's receding coastal wetlands. With the formation of this organization, he began to use music and gather other musicians to use their platforms for getting the message out. He put together an all-star band that featured Cyril Neville, Anders Irisborn, George Porter Jr., Big Chief Monk Boudreau, Johnny Vidakovich, Johnny Sassoon, and Waylon Thibodeau. And he called it the Voice of the Wetlands All-Stars. With that band, he's released two CDs and occasionally tours throughout the country for it. And for that, Mr. Benoit, we salute you. You can find out more about him on NewOrleansMusicians.com as well as TabBenoit.com. T-A-B-B-E-N-O-I-T dot com. Here's an example of his work. It's a blues track by the name of Medicine. Check it out, y'all. I'm losing my mind, baby. The worst things happen, I feel. Begging for mercy. There ain't no connection out here. I'm getting sick of these things that's going on My fever's high, my nights are long One more shot to do me in Bring me my medicine Bring me my medicine And now back to our show. Um, you uploaded a music video to my website, NewOrleansMusicians.com, called uh, Master Divider. Yeah. And um, which is a beautifully written song. I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Um, with the lyricist, uh, The Prophecy, yeah. who you mentioned is a local guy. Yeah, he's uh, originally from Chicago, but he's been living here for a few years now. Uh, he's you can kind of catch him sitting in with different bands on Frenchman and such uh, uh, now and then and uh, he's been uh, sort of a, you know, a feature with, with Noise Water for a few shows with us too. We played uh, Boyu Boogaloo this year uh, with Noise Water and he was you know, a special feature on, on that, on that yeah. show as well as a couple of shows at Tipitinas with yeah. Noise Water too. Um, you and I talked about it before we started recording but maybe you could go over how uh, he, how came, how how he came to... yeah. So our bass player uh, had bumped into him and another, I guess, local musician, I don't know who that was, at a coffee shop, I think the night of a 
show we were playing at One Eye Jacks with a band called uh, Bro Jackson, which is a completely, completely improvised sort of funk hip hop band with a rapper. Uh, we never rehearse, we just get together and just play. Sure. <laughs> and uh, we were playing at One Eye Jacks, and he had met the prophecy. And he said, well, why don't you come on over, maybe sing another song or so, you know, and, and he did. He showed up and walked out on stage and, and killed it. Yeah. And um, that was uh, at one of Jack's, the night that uh, Andy Dick got uh, knocked out uh, That's in, front, in front of uh, Andy, uh, one of Jack's. Yeah. So, yeah, that was an interesting night. <laughs> That's a shame. There was more footage of Andy, get, Andy Dick getting knocked out than there was of y'all's improv, improvised um, uh, performance, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, such is life. Yeah. Um, so some of the uh, some of the videos that I've found on you online, your music, I should say, um, they are uh, still images of uh, you with uh, the platforms that you can be found on. Um, but it was still an easy way for me to access some of your work and listen to it. Mm -hmm. um, and a, on a lot of them I saw, it was uh, the home office sessions. Could you talk about what that is? So, so the home office session was uh, uh, um, like my first solo sort of release. Okay. Um, and it was something that started during COVID. I'm sure it's pretty much a, a cliche now that uh, a lot of musicians put out an album during yeah, COVID. <laughs> everyone's catalyst. COVID did a lot. So, which is, uh, I mean, I guess it's cool. You know, um, I, um, you know, uh, I, I came back from, from Norway uh, to visit my mom right before COVID started here, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I played one show at uh, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Foundation stage on Rampart with the Little Lewis project and that like day or two after that week after that's when like everything shut down right so uh, I was working from home and uh, you know all the gigs stopped mm -hmm. so um, the label I worked for uh, tried to put out this little thing is to kind of get people to to share music and such which was you know, you know tag five musicians and share a music video of you playing a song or something like that. So it's like, okay, well, I'm joining on that. So, yeah, uh, I've been writing some music, and so I, I record myself playing that and put that up and ended up continuing to just write some music, make a couple of videos, and put it up just to have some kind of creative outlet, you know, sure. since gigs stopped. So, and then, you know, I kept doing that, and the next thing you know, it's like, you know, this looks like a full album at this point. So it's like, well, Let's, let's, I'm gonna put it out then. You know? Sure. So, so I ended up starting, I, I had played everything myself, um, uh, except the drums, which were just, you know, like a virtual drummer mm. kind of thing. So I ended up starting to ask musician friends to come and re you know, re-record some of the parts with, you know, instead of it just being just me yeah. on it. So they, I had three different drummers come and um, record all the drums on the album. Um, it was Wade Hemel from Little Lewis Project. Wade Hemel, yeah, I read that. And then uh, Milton uh, Mansfield from Northwater and James Clark, who played with like Gal Holiday and, and such, you know, in the city. Mm -hmm. um, and um, then, you know, like I ended up having some guitar players come and uh, record some parts because it was just, you know, it was just me trying to record some stuff. I mean, I laid down some guitar and things. I'm not a guitar player, really, you know, I, I dabble. 
but uh, and uh, also the keys, I dabbled with the keys. So um, it was just all me on the album, and I just want to have a little bit of, you know, so somebody else's creative input on them. So sure. uh, the three different guitar players come and record, which was uh, Brendan Hotar from Noise Water, mm -hmm. uh, um, Hayden uh, Winfrey, who's also a Noise Water um, musician, and uh, a friend from from Hammond. Uh, uh, um, I'm blank on his name. Britton Newton. Okay. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, did that. Had uh, my keyboard player, Chad Carlar from Moist Water, come and record some, some um, keys. And uh, a percussionist came in and recorded some percussion. Cool. And um, then I had a cellist from New York, from, from England, uh, record something for one song. Mm -hmm. uh, and then my wife did some uh, spoken word nice. on one song too. So yeah, I kind of tried to bring in some other musicians just to kind of make it a little bit more dynamic than it just being me yeah. playing these parts. You know? Sure. Well, what's funny though uh, to me is that um, when you arrived here, you'd put down the sax for years, but then when you got into it and it suddenly left because of COVID, yeah, you couldn't live without it, and then yeah. you know. So I think what you found here really uh, attached you well to to your craft, you know. And I think actually, you know, uh, I end up a better saxophone player because of COVID. Because I was kind of playing and I was writing my music, and you know, um, I, I think all around I became a better musician mm -hmm. during COVID, just because I kind of forced myself to to um, write music and and record it uh, and I'm setting up a recording studio here studio and in, in, in quotations sure. you know, it's, it's yeah not, no, I mean uh, that, that's everything it's a home yeah. office you know sure. so um, I was going to try to record at a friend's studio but because of COVID he was a little nervous about having people you know around his family and such so sure. I ended up it's like you know, maybe I can rent some time in a studio I was like well when I do, if I pay for all that, I can start buying some gear and like, you know, yeah. build a, a little bit of a studio at home. So yeah, so it, uh, that's been fun. You know, so all around, I think I kind of came out as a better musician. Yeah. Because of COVID. Almost, right. You know. Remaining productive for sure. Yeah. Um, on that Master Divider uh, video that we were talking about, who who produced that? So it's the visuals. Uh, it's really just a, a very simple online program that does it. It's called Rotor Videos. Yeah, and you kind of pick the clips and the style and such. Okay, so Rotary Videos. Rotor, Rotor Videos. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm gonna uh, include a link in the article for other musicians. It's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool um, you know, program to to create music videos. Really, it's pretty neat. So yeah, I like it. It it, yeah. it served its it, purpose. That's what well. worked really well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, I caught a video of Noise Water. Uh, they were performing live um, during Porch Fest yeah. um, in 2015. Uh, I wanted you to talk a bit about what Porch Fest is and uh, your experience there. Uh, Porch Fest has been fun. It's it's basically during Jazz Fest. So every night of Jazz Fest, uh, these folks on uh, Ponce de Leon would put on concerts outside. Of, you know, they're right outside the gates, basically at Jazz Fest. Uh huh. So they would put on, you know, after after Jazz Fest was over, they would have a band play on their porch. Mm -hmm. And there was, you know, hundreds of people just ended up 
in the block on the block sure. just watching so that has been a lot of fun you know um i don't think it's going to ha be happening anymore i think the people who hosted well whose porch of us have, have moved since then so unfortunately oh, i think it's 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 over i think but it was it was a lot of fun we did that for years uh, with both the bands and uh it was always a good time you know it was yeah. fun yeah hundreds of people out there did they did they create any merch behind it or anything any supporting uh media behind it no not not really no. Uh, it's just it's been, been doing it for years yeah so i think they just you know the people knew that and you know there's a bunch of porch fests around there during that time of year yeah know, so yeah. a lot of that's a lot cool. of bands playing on the streets there yeah. so where else have you been able to perform live you mentioned tipitinas and and uh yeah so you're playing around uh, around south you know in mississippi uh here you know like juke, juke joint in mississippi um all around new orleans really um on, on Frenchmen and uh, Tipitines were a lot. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, all the sort of places in, in New Orleans that would, you know, enjoy some funk. Or with Lily, we played at like F in the Grill, Bank Street, we had a standing gear at Bank Street for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you know, um, yeah, all over, all over the place here in the city, really. Yeah. That's cool. You got it. Any personal preference? Uh, I mean, Tipitines is, it's, it's, it's like church. For most musicians, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. It, it is, yeah, I man. It's like every time you get to play there, it's like, yeah, this is this is kind of holy land right here. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean the whole place, the layout. I was talking about the the vibe that you get from the crowd when you're there. It's just mm. always full of leisure, but mm -hmm. uh, just the way that it's laid out and set up, it's all about the stage. Yeah, you no, know, it's it's great. It's uh, they 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 were just awesome tours. Us so, with noise water over there, they. We booked often there, and it was always a good time. Um, but yeah, no, that is that that's been the holy holy land kind of. But I would have loved to. And one place we never sort of got into was like Maple Leaf, which I would have loved to get in there. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, no. Um, <coughs> it, um, I, I would say Tipton's is my my favorite place in the city. Yeah, understandably. Um, uh, before we had started talking, I, I didn't know to what degree. Um, your uh, time in Lilyhammer had contributed to your musical uh, musicality in general, I suppose. Mm. But I was curious to know um, in these live performances and in your recordings, do you feel as though you're able to communicate a bit of your heritage uh, through your sound? So uh, I think what I found was that, well, with, with my this new album or the, my solo album, I've been a fan of the record label ECM for years. It's a, a German uh, record label, okay. Uh, and the kind of the music that they uh, tend to release, which is kind of uh, Euro Euro jazz, but kind of like jazz mixed with a little bit of classical, uh -huh. sometimes some you know, a little bit of rock, maybe. You know, so I was like, I think that was sort of in the back of my head when I was trying to write this stuff, and like that's kind of what I want to create. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I, I was successful in creating that, but. I like what came out of it, but I think, and also just with the two bands I have been playing with the most here, like Noise Water and the Lewis Project, uh, you know, Noise Water was always fun, it was always a good time, it was always, you know, party time kind of, but what I found with the Lewis Project, I got to be a little bit more um, expressive and kind of like try to say something, you know, uh -huh. with what I was, you know, my solos or, sure. or, or, you know, what I was playing, so, I think uh, when I started this project to this, this, you know, this album, 
I want to be able to to um, express something, mm-hmm. uh, say something. It wasn't just a party album kind of. I just wanted to to say something or you know like play some feelings out or something. Sure. I guess you know. Well, I think uh, obviously people are able to communicate their region through their sound signature yeah. signature sounds uh, close to certain regions of the world. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, so I was just kind of curious if uh, you know if you take if some of the Norwegian standards and then pair them up with uh, some of the things that might come from this area, yeah. how differently they would be. Do you know what I mean? I, I did one of the songs that didn't make it to the album was a Norwegian folk song that I did re- kind of re-record, kind of more like a jazz style, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't make it to the album. It's kind of like too different from everything else, so it didn't really fit. But uh, I think you know. I find Norwegians and Norwegian music sometimes to be a little, all the melancholy side, maybe. <laughs> as far as mood? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think that, you know, if, if there's anything kind of Norwegian that's kind of peeking through uh, my songs on that album is, is that mood, maybe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. There's, but there's not really any, uh, any, um, Effort. I was didn't make any effort to really make any it sound sound Norwegian really. It may have inadvertently kind of snuck sure. in, but yeah, you know, I wasn't really any conscious effort to yeah to make it sound Norwegian really. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Honestly, yeah. is is was it intentional? Did you yeah. find yourself gravitating more towards the sounds of the region you're in now, uh, or was it intentional to include some of your your uh, homelands? Signature sound in your yeah. work, you know. I, I don't. I don't really think it's necessarily typical neurons mm-hmm. that album. Uh, I don't think. I mean, you know, having played sort of funk, kind of meter style, kind of funk for for a few years. I mean, I guess it probably snuck some of that in too. But can't help it. Yeah, but uh, uh, but I, I think uh, I was really trying to set out to make kind of like more of a that European, you know, um, you know, jazz sound maybe more than local nuance music, really. Yeah. You know, but it, it probably snuck itself in there. I would think it, it kind of picked. Yeah. Kind of put its head in there, you know, a little bit. I would think. Yeah, I don't yeah. think. I think it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, but welcomed as well. I, I would think. You know, I mean, it allows you to bring something new to the table. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I was a little concerned that maybe it wouldn't be received here and I'm not really sure if it has been or not but I haven't had a chance to play it live yet mm-hmm. so um, that's something that hopefully I'll have a good chance to do at least once or twice maybe um, sure it was sort of more of a project just has something to do during COVID you know but uh, during lockdown but uh, yeah, I do I do want to kind of I would like a chance to play it out at some point get know? some feedback some yeah, yeah. that's cool um, when we spoke on the phone you mentioned that you didn't have a band of your own um, that you would form, uh, I now know, yeah. but, um, but a- as a result, uh, you've played with many different musicians, yeah. um, and some of these bands that you're naming, I know that they're made up of quite a few people, so, yeah. I mean, we're talking about a sizable amount of different musicians that you're getting to experience these yeah. things with, um, is, is it in the cards for you to form your own band in the future, or are you happy in this place where, where you're at? Um, 
I would like to to try to get some some people together to to perform it. It's uh, uh, that is sort of the next step, I think, to try to do that. And I have kind of some musicians in mind already. Some from from Little Louis Project, some from Noise Water, and and search yeah to to just um, to try to put yeah band together to perform that album. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Hopefully, hopefully it will happen soon. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's exciting. That's good. Yeah. Um, the the album that you're talking about that you produced and is released. Um, name that for everybody so they can. Yeah. So it's keep uh, an eye my out. name, uh, Ulla Adlaken, and the album is called the Home Office Sessions. Home Office Sessions. Yeah. Okay. Um, and also, you guys can find it on um, NewOrleansMusicians.com as well as several examples of his work. Um, I was pleased with them all. It was really cool. It, it spans genres and, and yeah. moods and things like that. So, I, I mean, I like that. It's really cool. Yeah, no, some of the guitar work can be a little on the heavier side and I kind of wanted that to, uh, yeah, instead of just being all sort of melancholy and, and chill, I, I like the contrast of that so the guitar and a couple of songs that got, gets a little heavy. You know, yeah. So, shreddy yeah <laughs> that's cool and I also enjoyed um, having somebody rapping over brass mm. I don't know if that's just me or every New Orleanian but it was like yeah I'm, yeah I'm feeling that and I think it it lends itself to crossover appeal to different crowds exactly. different genres you know? yeah and that's valuable yeah no I think I think that uh, that's pretty neat uh, I uh, it was the album that came out short after Katrina it was uh, sort of a Katrina anthem by uh, Christian Scott, mm -hmm. and uh, he had uh, some spoken words or, or rap on that, and he is a you know jazz trumpet player. Trumpet player, yeah. And I thought that was just like, wow, this is kind of powerful. It's really, it's really cool. So, yeah. So I kind of ever since then, it's like you know that would be kind of interesting to do something. It opens more your jazz, mind. It opens your mind to that thing. Yeah, yeah that's like cool. jazzy hip hop kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was fun uh, uh, to do, and I wanted some since. It's mostly instrumental. I want something with words, yeah, a little bit here and there too, just to have. And then yeah, I figured, well, I'm not a, I'm not a writer as far as you know writing lyrics. So I thought, well, you know, maybe you know I can get this, you know, the fr the prophecy to come and he can put his, you know, his word and his stamp on. Sure. On that, you know. So, is it in the cards in the future to work with him again? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I would love yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we definitely. Uh, he's sort of a. A, a standard, you know, feature on, on at least on noise water stuff. But yeah, definitely, if uh, if I do put out, if I do um, do a live show with the album, I would like to have him there for that too, for sure. Great, that's cool. I think it's super interesting, like psychologically. Uh, I butchered that word. Psychologically mind blowing how you can sit down in a certain mood, write a piece of music, and mm -hmm. then turn it over to somebody else, especially a lyricist to mm -hmm. see what they come up with, yeah. and they actually verbalize how you were feeling at that time. I think that's yeah. magical, you know? And I had a little bit of a conversation about what I kind of wanted to talk about. Sure. And, um, and he, you know, he, you know, did his twist on that, which was awesome. And I kind of really wanted that too, uh, you know, with all the musicians that came in and recorded, I didn't really tell them necessarily what to play. I just kind of like wanted them to put Absolutely. their thing on it. Right. Um, the last guitar player uh, ended up recording most of his parts, uh, Britton Newton uh, in, in Hammond. He ended up recording most of his parts and spent a lot of time um, 
with you know, like sort of sound design and, and his guitar parts and mm -hmm. really really added you know a lot of beautiful you know textures and and uh, parts to to the to, to the two songs that he did. Um, some of the other guitar players they kind of just came in uh, and kind of recorded it you know, here with me and again I wanted them to kind of put had some some you know, like general ideas of what I want them to do. I want to have some textures in there and like you know swells and, and you know some some beautiful textures. Yeah. Um, but other than that, you know, it was sort of like you know, you just, you do you, you know, you, you you do what you do. I think that's the best way to do it, uh, unbridled, part. you know, because yeah. their their uh, their flavor comes through and what they contribute, you know. And I always found it to be fun too. I had another friend that we would, he had a studio, and we would kind of like send you know some parts back and forth, and he said, oh, "Can you can you record something to this song?" And I would do that, send it back to him, and it was just kind of fun too. To see what happened, and it was like no direction really. And I think that'd be a fun thing to do, is just work with somebody. And it's like, hey, record something to this, send it back to me, and I'll record something. We'll keep going, and you know, don't edit anything out. We're just gonna, it's just gonna be what it is. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, dialogue, I think, to to do. You know? Yeah, improvisational is a different energy altogether. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure book as a kid. Do you remember those? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, I think that's it, man, unless you got anything you would like to add. No, no, I'm good. All right, great, man. Right. Appreciate right. that. Thank you. Hey, this is Levi from Misled to the Brutality in 1016. Look, man, we all start off as jam bands. We get together, we push our souls all throughout the speakers, man. Simple as that. The connections that we form with our crowds and followers is nothing like any other. We'd love to have you back. Click that old button, show your support, or you can check us out at Buy Me a Coffee. Black Black Blacklash? Buy Me a Coffee, Black Slash. Black Slash. That's Buy Me a Coffee, Black Slash, New Orleans Music. I said, Buy Me a Coffee, Black Slash, New Orleans Music. I have spoken. Yeah, 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 yeah.